Today, we're with Mario Aguilar. Aguilar. Uh, Mario is, he's a Swiss Army knife for valuetainment for PBD. So the old, yeah. Swiss yeah. Army knife, I he, like He's that. all of it for that. So we're going to talk a little bit about what it is to be a number two to a guy who's so intense and is doing so much all the time. Uh, I know you're a CSO now is your, your actual title, so Chief Sales Officer, and that's what we do. We're sales, so we know that whole part of the game. But yep. You've grown from the beginning of the company and founding it till now to what it is to 3,000 people at The Diplomat. What was it like in the beginning? What was the goal? What was the things talked about? And how was it like to, to start up? I think the biggest part of, on what it was like to be a part of the startup is how I met Patrick. Mm. And uh, somebody asked me earlier, um, you know, you've been with Patrick so long. I was at a dry cleaner, single mom, three boys, customer, you know, that was there, asked me what do I want to do the rest of my life? And it wasn't dry cleaning. And um, I didn't know that my stint in the insurance side, one day I'd meet, you know, who the broker was and it was Patrick Bet David. Mm -hmm. And I remember they said, if you really want to make it at 18 years old, you got to show up to an advanced training class. And I'm like, all right, I showed up and the trainer for the day was Patrick. And he starts talking about where he's going in his life, what he's going to do, 27 years old, $100,000 earner. I'm like, damn, this guy's legit, nice suit. And he said, I'm gonna have a 13 story building. I'm gonna have the coffee shop on the first floor, a gym on the second. We're gonna have, you know, uh, this happening on this side and we're gonna take over the world. I'm like, I've never heard that kind of language. Um, in but, a serious setting too. Yeah, and I believe you for some reason. He was intense, his eyes just burned through you. Um, and then being 18 years old. But when I go from that to 18 years later, how crazy is that, right? Yeah. 18 years old and 18 years later. The mm -hmm. first and second um, half of your life. I, yeah. And when I think about the vault being what it is now, I think about what it was before that. Mm -hmm. And it was just an idea. And the biggest thing that the vault uh, makes me think about is the keywords, what if, when you're working with a CEO, when you're working with somebody at your company, uh, the words, what if have created this? Because before we hit a million subscribers on the channel, Vitamin is, you know, going up and down. We launched a couple of viral videos, Life of an Entrepreneur in 90 Seconds. Yep. And before hitting a million, we had shut down the channel a couple of times. We were finding ourselves, you get it to a point where you do so much content that you get a little blurry and fuzzy vision on who you want to be and what you want to do. What are we doing this for? Should I stop? Should we continue? Is it making money? Is it cost so much money to do production? Boy, um, does that hit home with us. Yeah, bro. <laughs> exactly. I know you got, team, you, know, you got exactly. that teammate that wants to take off and do their own thing because they're going to do it better and they're, you know, greater. And yep. But we're there and we say, what if we did a live event? Hmm. And at a million, we launched it in the drive tax video. We're going to go blow some stuff up. I remember that one. That you, was and crazy. And Pat at the end is like, you stay with us. You've been loyal to us. So here it is, a first live vault. And he built a bomb with one of the instructors at Drive Tanks. <laughs> uh, if you haven't been there, it's a legit spot. And um, <laughs> it blows up. And at the end, the vault. What people don't know is behind the scenes, we were like, oh, shit. Now we have to deliver a live event. Yeah. And we don't know what to do with this kind of live event. We've done it on the insurance side for a decade. But uh, 500 people showed up, 43 different countries. And now we look at the vault now, and you guys what are here. What year was that? 2019. The first one. The vault 2019, yeah, in Dallas. We were at the Hyatt Reunion Tower. And Patrick loses his voice that morning. So here we are, first live event, and that morning, no voice. like, Mario, I think I lost my voice. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Mm. No, we don't know what to expect. We built this little manual. 
And we didn't want to be like every other conference. So we, I can't tell you the strategy, how we built the manual, but yeah. um, we wanted to be different. And yeah. we thought, all right, people learn with fill in the blanks and people learn with better content and engaging other conferences, give you a notebook and a journal and nice little moleskin and you're done. Yep. Um, we want to do something a little more unique. Mm-hmm. And 3,000 people here now, people from all over the world, it's, it's countless, the stories, the breakthroughs. It's unbelievable. And, and we've met so, so many people who attended last year because we were here last year as well. And we got to see the growth. You guys, last year, plenty of space in the area we did it. This year, we're maxing out. Yeah. There's no way you're going to be able to host it here this year, next year. There's no shot. They want it here, but we'll see, you know, where we yeah. kind of end up. It Obviously, felt, It felt like we were, put, you know, tipping the scales yeah. up was, there. Yeah, yeah. It was a packed room, and especially when you have the keynote speakers up there, the standing room only. Yep. So it's really cool to see, but more than anything, it's, um, it's really cool to see the growth of the other people that brought their teams. Hmm. You know, I'm one of them. Really? Yeah. Absolutely. We came with us three last year. This year, we have 12 of us here. Oh, phenomenal, bro. And yeah. thank you guys for that. Of Obviously, you put a, you, Thank you. When you put our, your trust in us, we just want to over-deliver. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. the real win-win, right? You have of so course. many business ventures you do or conferences or whatever you're doing and partnerships that you want to win-win. You, you want to, if you're going to bring 12 people, we got to deliver for you. 100%. And that's that part, but we'll see what we do. We're growing. Yeah. yeah. I think I speak for 99.999% of the people that were there that this is one of the best conferences you can go to. We did a whole review right after uh, this morning. We talked about everything, broke it down. We got a lot of footage and stuff to go in there for B-roll. But I mean, there's such a difference of these kind of conferences compared to a lot of the other ones I go to. And I aspire to do the same for my sales team. You know, we got 100 guys on my team. And and I feel like I should have bought my tickets before I tell you this, but I can't believe that I only paid as much as I did for what I got out of what I got. Please do not raise the price on me yeah. yet. Right. No, so, I would pay more. This, it, this value is insane. And if you guys are not coming to events like this, you are effing up big time. This is you know, the one. I'm glad you guys say that. And obviously we appreciate people that are here and investing into the company. But at the mm-hmm. end of the day, there are three things that also shape who you are in life. And I heard this a long time ago and I thought it was BS. There's a lot of stuff uh, that's a cliche quotes. Yep. You can find so many cliche quotes and a lot of people regurgitating the same thing over and over and over, mm-hmm. but it's so true. The books you read, your associations and the environment, your circle. You know, we talk about the uh, eight, 18 qualities to have in your inner circle. Yep. You know, that inner circle and also the meetings you attend. Yep. It doesn't mean only conferences, but when you come to an event like this and you're in a room focused and you're a little bit less distracted from everything else in the world, you're with the team, you're focused, you're talking to other people, you're processing issues. There's going to be that one little question, that one strategy, that one technique, that one conversation, that one yeah. person idea that comes to your mind and it messes you up. Literally, you have a moment at any good conference that just messes you up and you can't stop thinking about it. Yeah. And that's what you come for. And most people, you know, when you compare the price, yeah, but I'm not going to give my money those kind of things that are motivational thing. Yeah. But most people spend their entire life looking for that one the thing. The one thing. Or they spend their entire life it's wondering, true. could I have done this or that? It's true. And you know, what would you pay and what would you give to be able to get that clarity now and either capitalize on it or give it up? Yep. Because it's- searching for that, if you're a man and you can't find an identity, you will go your whole life struggling in every aspect of your life. And what happens is you be, the reason we become bitter, and I've met a lot of bitter people, being around Patrick, I've been a fly on the wall. So I've been in meetings, very high intense meetings, critical conversations, a lot of firing, a lot of hiring, a lot of what, what should we do next? Yep. And when I meet some of the older, bitter people, they never did that. Yep. They never tried to find out what their capacity was. They never invested in themselves. They were cheap, not on themselves. They were, they were cheap about their life. 
and now they regret it and it's a little too late yeah you know Sad. so waste of potential there's meetings, nothing worse. Man, yeah. there's always that one meeting that can mess you up so it's many funny you things. say that that it happened to me I, it was when yeah. ellsworth was speaking i was like how the fuck can i apply what he's saying to me it, it wasn't making sense this guy said something that fucked me up so bad it's still in my head and it's like holy shit this is what my next year yep. is going to be about how have i been missing this for so long and it, it's like it, i that one thing made this whole trip worth yeah. it and that was just one piece of this big puzzle that we mm. put together in these last four days that's yeah. phenomenal but i think uh, the other part of what you just said was um you need to be open to receiving that yeah and there's also a lot of too good mentality mm. you know i'm too good for that yeah. i'm better than that i make more money than them you know I have a, i've already started if i've come i'm around a better person yeah and it's that beginner's mindset you know that just allows a little bit of that water to seep through the rocks because mm. we all have a bunch of junk that's cluttered our life and our souls right but sometimes we got to allow other things to come in there whether it's good or not whether it applies or not and it got to you yeah because you were open-minded i was trying so hard i was like what where does this hit and this yeah. guy just said it and it went Wow. And now That's my cool. next year, what's coming? <laughs> I got right. fire. I got about ass. 97 things that happened at this conference. I can't even begin them to, to name one. But I wanted to go back for a second and talk about what you just said. Tom Brady was talking about it a lot. How it was just like trying to find the maximum potential of who he is and what he can do. And you talk, you just said that before. Unpack how, how deep is that core belief in you and in, and in Valuetainment and PHP and everything you guys do? I mean, that seems to be just a set. Every year, it's like, how can we make it that much better, that much better? At the end of every day, you guys are in the room in your, in your hotel until 2 in the morning. What do we do? How can we make it better tomorrow? And it's just this constant pressure of just how can we make it better every single day? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what? Um, I think there's you have to be realistic and honest with yourself. And you have to really, there's a lot of people right now, they want to be their own boss. They want to be the number one guy. They want to be the guy, the mm -hmm. CEO, the founder. And they're not. They're not good at it. It's just not in their nature and in their ability or their DNA. It's not in mine. And one of the harshest realities I've ever had to face was knowing I wouldn't make a good entrepreneur. I make a, gate, a great entrepreneur. Mm. I'm a great number two. I'm a protector. I'm somebody that will back you up. I'm somebody that will be there for you, will come through for you. But when it comes to bearing the weight of the world on my shoulders, I get stuck. I'm better at you tell me the game plan. Tell me what you want to do. And if you're a great leader, I want to go out of my way for you. Yep. The reason I've been with Patrick so long is because of that. So when it comes to the, the vitamin culture and kind of how we operate, I wouldn't be able to do what I do if the leader at top wasn't a focused guy. Yep. Mm. So for me, everything you just said doesn't come down to how I do it or how we do it. It comes down to what our leader has instilled in us. And it's all from the top down. Culture yep. isn't reverse. Culture starts at the top and then it bleeds down mm. and more is caught than taught in, mm. in culture. More is caught than taught in leadership. So everything that I kind of uh, talk about with our team now, I didn't make it up. I don't get that, the accolades. It's not my yeah. content. I've watched Patrick and how he's lived and he's aligned his life. And this is acronym that my, my wife, we just got married in March. Patrick was my best man at my wedding. We had the wedding in his backyard. Yep. He told me years ago, one day you'll get married in my backyard. And, and I like tradition. So when he tells me stuff uh, like that, I love to make it happen. We just had our baby boy, Gabriel, 11 weeks. And um, I named him after Patrick's father, Gabriel. Okay. Oh, wow. So Gabriel Maximo Aguilar. 
Um, <laughs> give a little shout out to my baby boy out there. When you shout see this, shout out. 18 years, I brought you up. Yeah. <laughs> um, but from there, he's been aligned in the way that he leads his life, whether it's mental and what he does to do that, uh, emotional, you know, uh, physical and staying healthy, spiritual. I can't even tell you how many times I heard Amazing Grace when we moved to Florida. Every night, Patrick's going through one of the toughest times in his life. I found out years later that there was a complication when he was told that he was going to have twins and one of the twins didn't make it. Hmm. And I saw my leader, the guy that I work with, a strong guy, high profile entrepreneur. And I saw the way that he handled one of the most complicated moments of his life because it's not about business or a negotiation or a skill. It was about family hmm. and about your child and how one of them is not going to make it. And out of the twins that you were told you're having, only one's going to make it. Hmm. And you don't know whether that, you know, whether the one that's going to make it is going to be healthy or not. And I saw how we navigated that. So mental, emotional, physical, spiritual. And he's, you know, he's still going to church on Sundays and I follow his example. Like, man, he has so much going on and he still makes time to be aligned with, with, you know, with that part. And then um, the business side yep. and business is very important to be aligned there and how you do your values and principles. And then financials, you know, Patrick may splurge, he may have Ferrari, he may have the nice stuff, but he's very squared away. You know, I've never seen him go into debt with his company. I've seen him reward his people and how he manages the financial part of his life. And then the relationship, you know, that's a great dad, man. People don't even know this, but people ask, does Patrick work on the weekends? Yes, but 90% of the time he's working at the office. The other 10%, he's watching the, you know, the basketball games, the oh. soccer games, the baseball games. He's, he's going over there to visit Dylan and Tico mm -hmm. uh, and Senna and seeing their games. And, you know, and my percentages may be on or off, but at the same time, I, that alignment is what has created the fabric and the culture no. called valuetainment. And now because more is caught than taught, when people are around us, they catch it as well. Yep. Mm. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. So it's a long winded answer, but it's really hard to just give a pointed uh, or one sentence or one phrase. Yeah. It's not how we operate. There's so much more that happens behind the scenes of valuetainment uh, because we really, it means a lot to us. Leadership means everything to us and everything. It is. It is everything. Everything, yeah. man. Yeah. Everything. The leadership that, I mean, all you guys, it's it's too, it's like you guys have uh, from the book, uh, Decentralized Command, Jocko Willink. That's each right. level, the Decentralized Command, where like each person accepts that leadership role and excels to the fullest, but then doesn't overstep the next guy. And it's just like, it's this perfect synchrony. But anyway, you, you were just talking about it before as well. Uh, and I actually heard it from Pat in a podcast a while ago about it was either a CIA, I think a CIA agent, and he was asking, what are the qualities a CIA agent needs? And it was everything, charisma, uh, the humor, the skill set, the hard work, everything. The only thing they don't need is recognition. And I think that's a big thing that you have where like, you just said, I asked you the question, you just said, it's it's all valuetainment, it's all PBD, it's all the team, it's all everything. And he talks about it all the time too, uh, as well. Same with Tom Brady, it's always the team, it's always the team, it's always the team. Not needing that recognition I think makes everyone around feel so much more important because it's not it's not all Pat. It's all all of us. It's everything. It's well, this whole let, thing. Let's be real. I think one of the biggest uh, challenges with a lot of companies now, especially I've seen it after COVID, is a lot of people became entitled. Yeah. All of a sudden, a guy that's been there 90 days at a company thinks he needs ownership and equity. Are you effing kidding me? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we don't. You don't. You get, can curse. Let it rip. Yeah, <laughs> man. Like, like it, it, you don't. You don't deserve anything. You know, you're lucky to have a job. You're lucky to be working. We chose you. We want to give you the world, mm -hmm. but don't don't come in hot like that. Her. Earn your stripes. 
get some skin in the game, get some social capital is what we call it. And everybody at a company has a credit score. And some people come to us with a broken credit score and they want us to give them this luxury home. Build up your credit with the company, put in the work, yeah. stay late. There's, there's what you do for your job and then there's the above and beyond. And you're gonna get compensated for bigger based on the above and beyond that you go. But the, there's a, this kind of a, a weird dynamic at companies right now where people don't treat their bosses with respect. People mm -hmm. don't give the CEO and founder the love and respect they deserve for putting their life on the line, sacrificing their time. You know, the reason, I remember I was in a meeting with Patrick, another conference, uh, and it was a sales event. And the guy said, look, you know, my number two guy wants ownership and he's telling me that he should be making the same amount of money that I make and that it's not fair. That how come I make more money than he does? And Patrick asked him a simple question, who started the company? I did. Then why would that person deserve what you make? Right. That's so common today. Why do you why do you think it is? Why do you think it's so common today for I think it's a it's a it's a disease. I think it's a, it's a mental switch that's just off. And it's like a broken fuse in people's mindset because of everything happening right now out there. Mm -hmm. And we talk a lot about that. There's a, a a leadership disease and there's also an employee disease. There's mm. uh, an entrepreneur disease sometimes too. And and that's entitlement, no gratitude and no perspective. Mm. That's what it is. People are entitled to things. You know, you get a degree and they think oh, I'm supposed to be the highest paid person here. And they forget that a degree doesn't mean the right attitude, yeah. you know? Um, and there's also that, that sense of you owe me because I'm here. Yeah, yeah, that's a yeah. big one. You know? That's a big one. Now, are there a lot of great people? Yes. Are there a lot of people that do deserve it? Yes. But if you do it too soon, you also, you know, you're rewarding the, the wrong behavior. <laughs> You know, you're rewarding the wrong things. Mm -hmm. um, it, it shouldn't happen too soon. Yeah. You know, we have a lot of great people. And, and obviously I'm here talking as if, you know, um, I may know a little bit more than everybody else or if I'm better than somebody else. That's not the case. I've made more mistakes than anybody on my team because I've been around longer. Yeah. I've made some really bad mistakes. I've been called out many times. You know, I've gotten, you know, written up. I, don't, I can't even tell you how many times I've been written up, how many times I've gotten back and forth with Patrick. Uh, but he's always wanted the best for me, right? Yeah. But... We have a lot of great people, you know? I have a guy named Leo on my team and he's constantly asking, what yeah, do we, we do better? Leo. We know Leo. Leo, Leo's phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. Leo's, Leo's one of my favorite people because he'll, he'll let me know what's on his mind. Yeah. He'll bring it up. Whether it bugs him or not, whether it's gonna be uncomfortable or not, he's not afraid of conflict. But too many people in their companies are afraid of conflict. So back to your question of why do you think that is? People are afraid of conflict so they do things behind your back. You know, people are afraid to bring things up it's one of the five dysfunctions of a team, right? But people are afraid of conflict. And that fear of conflict is what really causes people to not bring up what's on their mind. And what happens is you realize why somebody has to Manny over there. <laughs> but you realize. Come on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. We got Manny is not over here. Manny is not afraid of conflict. Manny is not afraid of conflict. I'm probably throwing the pool later. So Pat, Pat gave us the key to fixing that, which was, again, to get back on where we were. Uh, people talking behind other people's backs. The mm -hmm. key to fixing that was this quote that we said seven times yesterday that I'm still going to mangle. And it's, do I have your permission to be frank with you? Yeah. Is, is an iteration of it. I don't remember exactly what it was, but what a good way to fix that and help build, right? Like um, Gadara said, uh, uh, what is it that was an investment? 
uh, criticism, criticism is, a, is an investment. Yeah. So if your people around you aren't criticizing and helping you to become better, it's almost like a disservice. Now there's also a way to criticize. Yeah. You don't walk around telling Pat, hey Pat, you spoke like shit today. Uh, <laughs> hey Pat, what are you wearing today? Hey Pat, I don't like how you said that. You need to talk better. Like, whoa, like, okay, there's also something called respect in right. communication, right, right? Right, right? However, let me let me say one last thing because um, I do think that that fear of conflict, I'm gonna tell you what happens. Okay, water boils at 212, right? Yeah. Okay, what happens is most people are so afraid of conflict that what happens is they start boiling up and they start filling up this jar. Mm. And eventually, the, the challenge with that is they eventually explode yeah. or implode. And when they explode, mm. all of a sudden, like, you know, you know what? You don't care about anybody. You don't care about anything. You know, you don't value me. I don't get paid enough. And they, they explode. Yeah. Other people implode. Hey, man, you all right? You look depressed. Bro, you need help? Yeah. I mean, are you suicidal? What's, what's going on, man? Are you happy? Because your face says the opposite. Yeah. Yep. They've, they're imploding. They and as leaders, we have it. to, yes, we have to be careful and watch that. It's extremely true. You know? And one of my favorite quotes, uh, not quotes, but one of my favorite verses in the Bible is, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Man, I love listening to what people <laughs> say and how they say like it. That. Because if you really want to know what's on someone's mind, just just listen to them very uh, intentionally. Be present when you're talking to your people at your company. Listen to what they said, how they said it. And actually care. Yes. Because whatever's inside that heart, they're saying it. And yep. if we're not listening, you can't catch it early. Yep. And sometimes it's too late before you can save somebody or help somebody or coach somebody. But that fear of conflict, man, Big. You know, and sometimes I struggle with it. Yeah, but we I have struggle to know with that it we too. Do. I struggle with it a lot too. You know? It's very hard yeah. as a leader, especially when you care about your guys, you care about your people. Like, you have to realize that caring about your people means you should yeah. have that conflict now rather than later, or rather yeah. than explode or let them implode. Yeah. You know. And full disclosure on yeah. this topic, the people who don't give a shit about this topic aren't leaders. Yeah. Mm, so if you're yeah. listening at this point, you're like, man, this means not. You know, yeah. I, I get some fun stuff and talk. This is leadership. Yeah. This is why you know, this language either attracts lions, but it also repels sheep. Yep. <laughs> you yeah. know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yep. It's That's true. what it does. It's, lions it's, are like, yes, I get it. Right? One of Patrick's favorite quotes is if a lion could speak, we would not understand it. Yes. Yeah. Because lions want to talk to lions, man. Yeah. yeah. So and Andy Elliott was here. I love what yep. he did at the end of the conference. He comes up and he gives a gift to Patrick. See, for me, as a guy on the inside, as a right hand guy, I look at that and I say, man, I appreciate his level of respect for the guy that I work with that I know works 24 seven to make people better. Yeah. I appreciate Andy Elliott for doing that. Yeah. I also love what he said at the end, invest in yourself. Yeah. But he's a flag carrier. He spoke to the lions in the room and guess what? We're about to sell out of all of our top tiers for next year yeah. because they heard from a lion and they want to be with lions. Uh, mm. And then Patrick closed out like I'll a lion and he said that long-term the enemy doesn't win. Long-term the enemy won't win. Man, I don't know. I agree with all that. I'll be in the CEO next year. I'll be in the CEO next year. Listen, stuff, though, man. that's a that's a sign of a leader, man. If you're not getting passionate about it, then you probably don't shouldn't be leading people. You know, yeah. yeah. Real yeah. quick, we got two more questions. I just want to lift this up. Yeah, I want to be respectful falling. of your time. When oh, you're you good. You're good. You're okay. good. You got okay. ten fifteen. Okay. Just pull the mic up a little bit. I don't know why I keep falling, my mom. Had a great metaphor for that. It, it's the maintenance, right? It's like. When you're when you're watching your guys to prevent them from imploding or exploding, it's it's like wiping your ass. You gotta wipe it or the shit mm, builds up. That's right. That's right. You gotta get rid of it. But 
it's very, you know, I, I think a lot of people miss that. And I think it's something I got to get better at too. So I'm glad you brought that up. Another gem I'll bring home with me. You hear me, sales team? I'm coming for you. If you got something to say, say it, and I will talk to you. Don't be, afraid. Don't be afraid. All right, couple last things. Um, what is, oh, there you go. What is it, what, what was it like with, you know, being in the YouTube space, you guys have been it for so long. Um, the viewership, the content game, we struggle with this all the time. How is, is it difficult to keep, to, to, uh, uh, keep up with the content and nonstop making it. Is that a struggle for you guys and, and the viewership and everything, the up and down? Like how much was that a struggle? What a great question. Immediately I thought of if you're not recreating yourself, yes, very difficult. Yeah. If you're going to repeat the same thing year after year after year after year, the audience gets bored and even the creator gets bored because there's nothing exciting about what you're doing. The reason that I think that Vitamin has stayed so relevant when there were a lot of people out there like, you know, and, and I still respect a lot of their content. They did good stuff, but Ty Lopez at one point was doing a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. So was Gary Vee. So mm -hmm. was, uh, you know, Brian Rose. And you have a lot of other people that were doing a lot of good stuff. And we have, you know, good relationships out there. We don't really know Gary. We don't really know um, a lot of other guys out there. But yep. if you're not recreating yourself, your content gets stuck and flat. Um, and I keep saying Patrick a lot here, but he does get the credit for that because he's constantly either reading a notebook, you know, strategizing something different. You know, throwing a hundred million dollars at Tucker Carlson, whether he took it or not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's over there funny. flying yeah. to Romania as a contraband to go and, uh, you know, get Andrew Tate on a podcast. Unbelievable. When everybody else is waiting and reacting yeah. and saying, you know, I'll do it too when oh, somebody does it. He's like, I'm going to be the first guy. I'm going to go do it first. I don't care what happens. I'm going to get that information out there. And that's why I think our content, that's why I think our content resonates with people a little bit more. We're in the trenches every day. Yeah. We're in, we're active we're expert operators we're we're doing it we're not just talking about it one of the biggest problems i have with school with colleges as well and i share that with a lot of people is you have a lot of people telling you what to do that i've never done it yeah and it gets boring it gets annoying they're not leading you know i love that it's just it's just you're not recreating yourself yep i so, dropped out after a month i was like what what the hell is this <laughs> yeah man and to so, the same thing i have a i had a financial advisor making half of what i made and then once i hit i'm like I'm not taking financial advice from you. Yeah, bro. It, it makes no sense. It makes <laughs> no sense. It's backwards. It's like taking advice from a divorced guy on how to have a healthy marriage. Right. Right. It just doesn't make any sense, you know? So what 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 we do different, and we obviously have a great mind. Like we have a guy who works with us right now, and we have a team that, that helps us with research. Mm -hmm. But you got to have a great support cast too. You got to have a great team that understands that they have to find something new, something unique. You got to find a way to cut through the noise. You know, but if you're a creator out there and you're creating content, recreate yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, what is a new niche? What is a new word? We wanted to attack one word when we started called entrepreneur. After that, we said, all right, well, this is getting a little stale. Let's reinvent ourselves. You know what? Let's talk about the, the dark side of the business world. Let's go mafia. And then we mm -hmm. did mafia. And then, you know what? Let's talk about the intricate details and the science behind health and bodybuilding. We went all the Olympians. Yep. Is you know what? Let's go find some badass business people. Ellsworth. And then yeah, and all these and all these <laughs> people we met. Yeah. And then you know Ray Dalio. We did that interview. Mm. And then sports, all the athlete side. And then you know Patrick said, you know I don't want to talk about politics, but why don't we start a new podcast where we can be a little bit more engaging and in the middle between all these different you know political views. And we have the and then we said, what if we start a new channel where we can talk about that because Vitamin is more of a business channel. And we did the PBD podcast. Yeah. 
bring on different people. Mm -hmm. And why don't we debate? And guys, we're just going to keep doing that. We're just going to keep recreating and recreating and recreating. And, and that's the reason we haven't stopped. It's so true, man. Everyone is so one-dimensional in that space. And he has just... And the craziest part about it is, too, every time he goes to the next space, he's instantly, like, number one in the room. Like, you guys just go to number one in that space immediately. When you interview Mafia players, he knew everything about everything. He's asking all the right questions. He's you well go ready. get Andrew Tate. All the right questions. It's just like yeah. every time he gets in the room with that next person and reinvents himself, he does so much, or you guys, I should say, do so much research, and it's just perfected in that Till sense. today, Patrick leads the entire uh, creative direction. He leads the content direction. You know, yeah, people do the work, mm -hmm. but there's no, uh, you know, there's nobody more vested in his own content than Patrick. Yeah. I've seen, a, I've met a lot of different influencers, I'm sorry, yeah. that um, they're reading off a teleprompter. Yep. They're reading scripts. They don't know the content right. and they have to get stuck and they cut and we don't edit our stuff a lot. We literally just, we, Patrick just goes because he's read so much and he's so immersed in the content. You know, look, man, if you're following content creators, based on where you're going in the direction of your life, follow the right people because you also got to be careful of just, well, I listen to all kinds of podcasts. You're going to end up in all kinds of situations in your life. So if you're not being intentional about the content you're consuming right now, I, I can tell where someone's going based on who they listen to on YouTube. Yep. I can tell how somebody's going to end up in their personal life or even their relationship based on who they're trying to model on YouTube. Mm -hmm. It's so, it's amazing, man. The content creators you follow say a lot about who you are as a person too. It's very interesting that you say that because it's always been this saying, right? The mantra, you know, show me the five people you spend the most time with. I'm going to show yeah. you who you become. Yeah. But now in the age of technology, it's almost like there's this new factor to it. It's show me who you're listening and being influenced by yeah. via social media yeah. or whatever it may be. And I'll, I'll tell you who you're going to become which is what yeah. you just said in a different way. But I just think that's so interesting because it's not just your inner circle now. It's what you're consuming all the time. Yes. And you can have an inner circle with people who don't even know who you are. Yeah, I guess we could say, show me what you consume and I can determine who you'll become. Yeah, right. I mean, dude, I, there's a few content creators that just, I learn more from them on YouTube than any other person in my life. You know what I mean? Like those, it, it, it's very true that I would say, all of my principles for how I am was learned from a few guys on YouTube and, and social media, not from my peers around me. Right. You know what MBD, I mean? Hormozy. Yeah. Like the amount yeah, of, of impact they've had is 10 times greater than any of my friends or people in oh, my circle. Because you get access to these people and, you know, nobody in my, my close circle, especially in the beginning, was like that and at that level. No one even close. So you have to go to them. Let me um, ask you this real quick because I ahead. think about it all the time with Value Team and obviously I've been watching you guys, but you guys are so quick to get on to what's hot at the moment, get onto the buzz. You guys are like a news organization to some degree with how quick you do it. Do you ever feel that way? Yeah. Like when Andrew Tate with the whole shit was going on, he's the biggest, hottest topic. Where am I going to go get the information about it? Everybody's talking about it. It's like, duh, value attainment. Pat's going to his house. I'm watching it. It just <laughs> happened. Right. Like you guys are literally like a news organization. Do you feel that you are? And do you feel that you're going to move yeah. into that? into that realm i think patrick gets a credit for that you know um patrick gets a credit for that and he's a he's a he's a action oriented type of person and he just has this knack of just picking things up and um yeah man he he, he leads a team look your organization follows the speed of the leader mm. you know the speed of the leader determines the speed of the pack it's, it's a real mm. thing patrick moves fast so the whole team moves fast mm -hmm. so now because patrick's always moving fast the team learns to start thinking ahead it's a muscle yeah. It's a speed muscle. 
And Patrick is always, you know, he wants to be the first to do things. And well, he's um, been crushing. He always, I, I like, I see the videos. I'm like, how the fuck is he in video? Like, I just found out about this shit and he's got the produced thing. And it's, it's incredible yeah. the speed you guys have. But, but he not, let me tell you the other part. Sometimes the leader wants to go fast and the team is slow. Yeah. You're only or, as strong as or they want to go fast. But when it comes to the, the challenges with going fast, like, well, what if they stop you at the airport? You know, what if they arrest you? What if they this? And they get scared. Hmm. So it's a combination of speed and balls. <laughs> you got to have that because yeah. some people want to go fast, but they won't pay the price. Yeah. You know, and some leaders that go fast, you got to have some guts mm -hmm. because you're going to get opposition. You're going to get some adversity. You're going to get challenges. You're going to get, you're going to be against the wall. And now all of a sudden your date night is impossible because not everyone has to cancel. We got to scramble in the moment. And that's where you hope you've fostered that teamwork mentality or the leader can want to go fast and the team and all that dead weight that sometimes teams carry mm -hmm. doesn't allow you to compete at the highest levels. When you're talking about contraband, are you talking about the book that he brought to Andrew Tate? A bunch of stuff. Oh, there was a bunch of shit, huh? <laughs> it's a bunch of stuff. That's man. crazy. There's so many things behind the scenes that we happen, man. We need a sick behind yeah, the scenes you guys, while we're talking for here. For real. What, what other contraband? There's <laughs> a lot of stuff that... Uh, we don't talk about it, but All right. Tony, why don't okay. you go ahead? We're at a couple of minutes past 30, so I, know okay. I want to respect your time. Uh, Tony, ask your last question. This is my favorite question for everybody we sit with. I want you to look into that camera, and I want you to tell all the people who follow us, at the end of the day, what is your message to the world? Uh, leadership. Leadership. Anything you want to do in life, you're going to have to lead. And it's a decision to be a leader. It's not an easy decision. It can be a little lonely at times, but if you lead... That you're going to live your life with less regrets if you lead. Um, and I'll take this from somebody uh, earlier that I spoke to. Uh, Anna said that a leader leaves their print on whatever uh, they're a part of and whoever they talk to. A bad leader also leaves a print. Mm. So regardless, you're either going to be a good leader or a bad leader. So if you make that choice to be a good leader, you're going to leave some good positive impact anywhere and with anything you do. It's a choice. And I hope that anybody watching right now, a great podcast like this and the conversations i hope you decide to lead mm. mario thank you for coming thank on so two much, dudes three legs Absolutely. it's been a pleasure Can somehow you guys uh managed to pull me over here i never do interviews so that's right i'm happy yeah, man we thank knock you doors baby you're paying i knock the price. on that opportunity the every time i respect it you're yep. paying the price i respect it yep. i love it 100 thank you guys